Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. That's it? That's it? You're not going to say of it's all soul? Of it's all soul. I was, you know, I'm trying to keep it <laughs> lean and mean for 2019. Lean and mean for 2019. <laughs> Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are taking you back to the year of 1990. Ah. I can't believe it was 1990. I actually thought this was uh, an 80s, a late 80s film. You know what? I thought the same thing. I guess we should talk about that. We will. Are we going to talk about House Party? We're going to talk about House Party starting Kid and Play, Tisha Campbell, A.J. Johnson, Johnson. Martin Lawrence, and the full, full force. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not going to do it alone, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to do it with journalist, music and art critic, radio DJ, TV personality, girl around town, if you will. Your friend and ours, Toya Haynes, is in the building. Hey, Hello, Toya. Hey, what's everyone? up, Toya? What's up, y'all? What's good? How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm so excited. We, so excited to be here. we are so excited to have you we here. Are. Thank you. Thank you. Because you are going to help us talk about House Party. Mm-hmm. And before we do that, we know that, um, you know, you love talking about art and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you're, I know that your first love is hip hop. Mm-hmm. So we want to have definitely have a hip hop conversation Absolutely. because there are some arguments that need to be settled. Absolutely. And the line yes. will be drawn oh. here. Today. Oh. Today. Today. But first, we have to start our show, as usual, getting into the feedback that we've gotten from each and every one of you that has hit us up at michellemission at gmail.com or liked and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Michelle, at Michelle Mission, I'm sorry. And Michelle is M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. And those in the Facebook group who responded very, very enthusiastically to our review last week of If Beale Street could talk. Excellent. From the the latest film by Barry Jenkins, Rojo hit us up. Hey, what's up, Rojo? Saying thank you, thank you, thank you for your review of this wonderful and poignant film. Lush is the word that I use to describe it as well. Great performances all around, but what I especially love was the way the men were portrayed. Their conversations, the way they treated each other and interacted with themselves and the other characters. They were adults, yes. real adults who sometimes had to make difficult choices, choices that had real consequences that they had to accept. Fully formed men who were layered and multidimensional. I don't think I've ever seen black men portrayed on screen this way, except in other Barry Jenkins movies. <laughs> Not even with the megastars Denzel, Morgan, Samuel, Will, etc. I loved this film. All right. I'm going out on a ledge saying that Rojo liked the movie. Hey, man. <laughs> it's, it, hey. <laughs> it's a fantastic film. I don't know how, how many other ways we can say that. Toya, have you seen If Beale Street Could Talk? I have not yet. My schedule has not allowed me to see it. You want to say really that on the microphone, please? Yes. Hey, my schedule has not <laughs> allowed me to see it yet. And no? I need to. And I'm very sad that I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I need to. It, it, it is a phenomenal it is piece a phenomenal of film. Yeah. filmmaking. Uh, Robert Monroe said... Hey, that what's I, up, Robert? 
took my soon-to-be 16-year-old twins oh. to see if Beale Street could talk yesterday nice. av- afternoon. It is one of the most beautifully shot films I have ever wow. seen. It's unfortunate that the story, based on James Baldwin's 1972 novel, is still relevant today. I hope the film spurs a conversation about the number of people who are incarcerated or charged because they can't make bail who mm. eventually take a plea in order to get their ordeal over with. Yeah. Amen. And Michael Jewett uh, hit, up, up, Michael? hit us up with a sidebar saying that he's trying to track down the music credits for the film. I know and love the original score. But what I'm talking about, he says, is the soundtrack selections. Oh, okay. There's a marvelous piece by the not well-known trumpeter Webster Young. Oh. I think it's Lady from his Billie Holiday tribute for Lady. <laughs> Any help w- is much appreciated. How, how are we going to help you, Mike? You know more than we do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, like, what's he want? Now, what I did do, though, Michael... I went on to um, a website, uh, discogs.com, okay. where you can actually get a copy of Webster Young's album. It's from 1957, For Lady. And that track, The Lady, is actually on there. So you can, uh, if you go to discogs.com, there's a free plug for them to let you know, uh, Michael, that you can... Get that copy right there. All right, so go go check it out. Matter of fact, I will I will go one step further, just for you, Michael. Just only for you. <laughs> I'm going to put the link in the R response. No one else can click on that link. No, just so if you're not Michael, don't click. Don't, this link's not for you. Right. This is just for Michael. You can check that out. It's right underneath where you asked us about it. You'll see the link. It's just for you, Michael. All right. Don't say we don't love you. Okay. There you go. You know. You know. You know. You gotta treat the fans. Gotta take care of them. They will take care of you. Hey. That's that's what my mama told me. So um, anyway, uh, it's and it's interesting. He talks about like how relevant that story is. Yeah. Um, there are aspects of the film that we are going to be reviewing today that like hit me like wow it's still a thing it's it you know (laughs) it's it's fascinating documenting certain aspects of our culture through pop culture Mm -hmm. and you see the ongoing patterns whether you're talking about the 40s the 50s the aughts and you see it again and again and again i know even in something that's sort of um in a lot of ways silly like House Party. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll talk about that when we talk about that. Robert Monroe also let us know that Coming to America, the 1988 comedy starring Eddie Murphy as yeah. an African prince traveling incognito to Queens to find his true love is getting a sequel. I know. More than 30 years after its initial release. I know. Deadline reports that Paramount Pictures has signed on Craig Brewer of Hustle and Flow fame to helm Coming to America 2. Eddie Murphy will return yes. in the role of Hakim, who in this movie comes back to the U.S. to meet his long-lost son and heir to his nation's throne. Yeah. Hey, how you feel about that, Lynn? Eddie's looking for a hit. So Are you confident about this? Oh no. Do hell. you feel <laughs> Hells no. 
this is going to this is going to this is going to be bad. Yeah. This will end poorly for Mr. It will Murphy end in tears. It will end in tears. This but, will end in tears. But that's my that's my reason. Yeah. Let's ask our local music and art critic, Toya Haynes, what she thinks of a boomerang sequel well, thirty years. Well, coming to America. Oh, coming to coming America. Coming to America too. The Cummering. <laughs> I was surprised when I saw it on Deadline.com. It was like breaking news. And they were talking about the director. And I remember thinking, who asked for this? Like, I don't remember anyone asking, <laughs> like, hey, when are they going to do a sequel? I don't remember anyone asking. Right. So I was really surprised to see that this was happening. It was like, what was the storyline going to be? How is he a long lost son? How did he lose a son in right. New York? How did he lose his son? He was only with one woman. Who, how did he lose a son? Like, I don't understand. So, and then with, you know, Arsenio's going to be on, and I I don't think it's going to be a flop. Really? I don't think it's going to be a flop because I feel like enough people are going to want to see it. My question is, who asked for this? Who asked for this? Yeah. Who? No one asked for it. It's going to be a flop, and here's why. Mm-hmm. You're right. There's, there's some people that's going to see Annie Murphy, you know, Arsenio Hall returning to the film and they're going to run to see it, right? Mm. However, both of them are way past their prime. Both of them are way past having any type of influence, truly, in Hollywood. Um, As far as hits, as far as even um, being, you know, uh, 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 people that the studios will throw a ton of money at. However, because this is coming to America, they can't do coming to America too without having Eddie Murphy in there, which means that he is going to receive a fairly significant paycheck. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get Tom Cruise, Will Smith, twenty million, but he's probably going to get north of ten million, mm-hmm. which means that Arsenio is probably going to get north of five, between five and ten million, if they don't get even more than that, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that, along with the budget for this thing, means the movie is going to run at a budget of about 70 to $80 million. This movie, on its opening weekend, depending on what it's going up against, will probably crack about $15, 20000000 million. I just feel like it's going to have to, the trailer is going to have to evoke so much nostalgia and black pride and things that is going to make us want to really see it. Mm. For people to be really excited about it. Mm. There, there are two things that give me a sliver of hope for this. What? One is the existence of Creed, which we talked about. When you do the math, mm-hmm. it should not have worked. Mm. Like Creed as a concept should not have worked. Yeah. Okay. And it did. Mm-hmm. Two, and I know it got mixed reviews, but I thought it was fantastic. Blade Runner 2049, I thought was a great sequel for what it did. Mm. So these sort of classic 80s, early 90s films, and then people circle back around. Mm -hmm. I think there is a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm talking critically. Mm -hmm. Commercially, I think there are a lot of variables. I think it depends on who plays his son. Mm -hmm. I think it depends. Like, Craig Brewer is directing it. Who's writing the script? Mm-hmm. Like you, Toy, I think the, the trailer might go a long way. I'm, I'm, I'm reserving judgment. 
But if I if I were a betting man, I'd bet against it. I'm betting against it also because I don't think it's been few and far <coughs> between the times that Eddie Murphy has been very generous on screen. True. And the difference in what you just said about those projects is that those projects had a different lead. Sylvester Stallone wasn't the lead of Creed. Right. Harrison Ford wasn't the lead of Blade Runner 2049. Right. Eddie Murphy, I have a funny feeling, is signing on to be the lead of Coming to America. That's too. a good point. There, there's the rub. That's a good point. There's the difference. And who's going to play the son? You can't have anybody that's hot from Black Panther because we don't want Wakanda meets Coming to America. I mean, because that's what everyone's going to be thinking. So it's like you can't have a Michael B. Jordan. You can't have. Let me channel every old white man in Hollywood and say, "Call Donald Glover." I thought about that too. Of he's course, too he did. Old. But he's too old. How is he too old? He's too old to play his, the, the play his Coming son. Coming to America's 30 years ago. Yeah, but Eddie Murphy ain't going to be playing 30 years older than Akeem. I guarantee he's not. I mean... What? And Donald Glover can, pay, can play young. Yeah, Donald sure. Glover can play young. And Donald Glover is not going to... He's not going to... Look, I did young Billy D. Williams. I'm not going to do young Eddie Murphy. That's no, he's not going to do it. They're going to go to the Disney Channel and find some black kid that's on some, you know, like the third lead on one of those shows. You know what? I bet you one American dollar... That whoever plays his son is going to be a name. He has to be. I bet you one American well, dollar. Well, what by, and, and what do can, you mean by name? If he has credits, he's a no, name. no, no. I, I don't. I mean, not a Disney kid. I mean somebody that we would know. Like you're saying, somebody from that weird Disney farm like that they levels. have. No, I, I don't. I don't agree. You think it's going to be? A name? I think it's going to be a name. I think. I think it's going to be a Donald Glover, Jay Farrow. Who's another young black comedic actor right now? Doesn't have to be an actor. It could be a... Uh, or just a, a comedian. It could be a musical artist. It could be Kendrick Lamar. No, no, no. I think they're going to get a comedian. I think it's going to be a, Ooh, an actor or a comedian. You're asking Eddie to be real generous. I Give up the laughs? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I bet it's going to be a name. Okay. I bet you one American dollar, it's going to be a name. And it's funny because we've been around long enough that like you listen to old episodes and we were talking about forthcoming things. So now we're talking about a forthcoming thing. And we'll be here when it comes out. And I want my dollar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Vince. I will I will I will part and give you your dollar if that should happen. I don't see it happening, but then I'll give you a dollar. One American dollar. One you wanna get American in on dollar. You wanna get in on this toy? You want some of this action? It's gonna be a name. It has to be. No one's gonna do this just on the strength of Eddie Murphy. You trying to risk two two American dollars? Two American dollars. You know what? Yes, I will risk two American dollars. All right. All right. There you go. All right. I ain't scared of y'all. <laughs> y'all four quarters. Anyway, <laughs> hey, let's uh, continue on. You know, Toya, you know, I said you were going to settle a couple of arguments here. We have had a, a, a uh, what? There is no argument. Oh, Toya, Toya has her own viewpoint. Okay, go mm-hmm. ahead. Yes. Go ahead. She has her own viewpoint. We have a running argument here mm-hmm. in regards to um, who was the, the the greater. Okay. Hip hop duo. Oh yes. Okay. Kid and Play. Mm-hmm. Or nice and smooth. Or nice and smooth. Now it was it's, if it's if I remember correctly, the specifics of the argument would be. Who was best at battle rapping? Was that wasn't that more no, specific? No, no, no. The battle rap it... came in when people were defending nice and smooth. I thought okay, no, they were defending kid and play. 
Cause right, because like, nice, nice and smooth were the party MCs. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they were defending Kid and Play's skills by saying, listen to their battle rap. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. I still have to go with Kid and Play. There you go. I have to go with Kid and Play. And I have to go with Kid and Play because, of course, I'm going to go back to battle rap. And how that's how they started. And the scene in House Party, I mean, it's so much of it is a throwback of their actual lifestyle of them starting out battle rapping, where it's nice and smooth. Yes, Smooth B, who started off as the backup singer for Bobby Brown, he didn't start off as a battle rapper. Factoid. <laughs> like, that's so much. That's a fact. Yes. That's a fact. Greg Nice was like a hype man. Like, he wasn't, they were pretty much rappers when they came together. So, if we're talking about actual rappers, actual flow on wax first, and I think as far as a catalog is concerned, you gotta go again and play. I'm not saying the darn nicest movie songs I like better. Absolutely. I will take so many other <laughs> songs over Kid and Play. But if we're talking about catalog and influence and the whole package, I really think you got to go with Kid and Play. It hurts, but it's true. Because the truth hurts. Nice and Sometimes. smooth is funky. Ow. Oh, yeah, junkie. All I want to do is <laughs> with you. Okay, well. <laughs> Toy has been and, nice having you here. <laughs> and lest we forget, and we shall never forget, mm-hmm. Dizzy Gillespie plays the sax. You know what? I was going to go there too. And that alone. It's actually unforgivable. That alone. It's actually it's unforgivable. unforgivable. It's actually unforgivable. And and Greg Nice defended it. <laughs> you can look it up on YouTube. He defended it. And he was like, no, there was a point where he played the sax. And I remember watching it and thinking, you mean like we're, when we're all in grade school and you like play the recorder for the first time? Zika Gillespie played the sax is actually a musical and cultural crime. And he defends it. Look, Run of Run DMC once said there's three of us but we're not the Beatles. Yes. Because he thought that there were only three Beatles. Which is the bigger crime? Oh, Dizzy Gillespie plays the sex all day. But say, why are you bringing up other crimes? I mean, they're both crimes. I don't like this show. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show you brought this up. You I did. Know, and you I knew know. where I stood on it before I know. you asked me. I know. All right. Whatever. Um, there are... Fans of our show that enjoy our little meanderings before the show, and they like when we talk about comic books. Right, our missionaries. Yes, no, our missionaries. Like fans. Well, there are certain, right, there are certain missionaries okay. that, that enjoy our, our our takes on on different things, and um, one of the things they like for us to talk about is hip hop. Okay, it's much, and we are definitely old school hip hop heads. That, Same. That's where we are. Would you say you're uh, old school? Now, what what do you consider old school hip hop? What's your old school? Oh gosh, I mean, hip hop goes back to like what seventy eight, <laughs> you yeah, know, seventy seven, seventy seven, seventy eight. But my, for yeah. me, I mean, my favorite era is golden era, so that would be any time between I'd say like eighty four and eighty eight, eighty nine. And it's not that I don't rock with anything later than that. I mean, of course, you have a tribe called Quest and all you know that stuff. But my era that I love the most would be the golden era. Right, right, right. 
Whereas yeah. I would actually argue the golden era is like 89 to 93, 94. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. All right. So, so who are, the, with that being said, uh-huh. uh, a question was put on, put out there before we turned on the microphones um, by this nebulous air that's in the, that's in the studio. Who is your favorite MC? Your favorite He's MCs. talking about you, silent person who's not on the mic. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite MC, it switches a lot, but it, it really is Rakim. It's always going to come back okay. to Rakim. Really? All right. It is. Go Why right, so? Why Rakim? To the God. He's just so, he's just so smooth. He's just so, he's smooth, but of course he's rough with it. And I remember the first time I saw him perform, I remember because I'm a nerd and I was in tears because he he looks like and he sounds like just like if you saw hip hop personified in person everything about him just breathes this is exactly what hip hop is this is what it looks like this is what it sounds like and I don't think anybody else emulates that like he does his flow is just that sick his flow is sick it's 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 poetry yeah it is I've never I've seen him perform twice Mm -hmm. and I was never impressed by his performance. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's he's not a performer. Right, right. He's not mm-hmm. the greatest live performer. Yeah. No. But, I mean, there's no denying his his skill. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. weird when you see him, especially when you see him among, like, his, his sort of target audience. Right. Where, like, the couple of times I've seen him, people just sort of stop moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And everyone just leans in and listens. Absolutely. And it is almost like being at a poetry reading. Mm-hmm. So, but he's also, so effortless when he right. Oh yeah, he's so effortless. But that, that that's true. But it's also because let's let's face it, there are of his tracks of his hits, not all of them are dance hits. Mm-hmm. No, you know, no, right. they, I mean that's I, listening hip hop. I can argue that it is listening hip hop. There's yeah. maybe three three rock him songs that really like just get the party moving. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. You know what I mean? Um, and it, you know, God bless him. Uh, my favorite MC is Heavy Day. Will always be Heavy Day. Mm. You know, God, you know, rest in peace, um, the Bun Diddley. Even though, and as much as and as much as I, I love him, I as you grow in hip hop, right? I have learned to learn that you know he um, was definitely of a man of his season. You know, his flow. Oh, that's a good word. Well, I'm just, I'm just being I'm just being there. I'm mm-hmm. just being real because there were times as he as he continued on in hip hop, he started trying to like kind of like chase the vibe mm-hmm. a little bit of what, what what was going on and stepping out of his lane a little bit, and it showed. Yeah. Um, but he had already captured my heart to the point where it's like, I right, have. I'm with you. You know, you, I understand. You gotta make some. Calls, I'm about to say, right? make that money. Make that money. Yeah. I call that the vibrant thing argument. Ah. Oh, it's like Q-Tip, make that money. Like, like do do your thing, Q-Tip. Get some of that shaky, shaky money. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Vibrant thing. Really? Yeah. I like all Vibrant thing, but you know, it's not Tribe Called Quest. So high, like I, of I say, all. I said Q-Tip, make that money. I think Heavy D. I think what to me was unfortunate was that he may have gotten locked in into the whole overweight lover thing. Yeah. And I think that his flow was so versatile mm-hmm. that had that not happened and had been like, you know, waterbed heaven and everything, and he would have been allowed to express those parts of his artistry, he would have shown more range. Mm. And yeah. 
I think the waterbed have and just, you know, the ladies love me, which is great, you know, but I don't think it allowed him to have the range that he probably had. And, you know, at the risk of being like hipster stereotype, my favorite heavy D is blue funk. Yes. Well, you know, I like blue funk. I like the, <laughs> the, the album he made that Pete Rock produced and, and you know, he changed his flow a little bit. But I really, really like blue funk. It is a good truck. It's a good album. Like, like I really love that album. That, that's probably his last great album. Yeah, yeah that and was then, such a good know, album. I'm, I'm a fan of Mr. Nasir Jones of Queensbridge. <laughs> We're going to talk about the greatest that's MC so of all time. The greatest MC of all time would, of course, be Nasir Jones. Whoa, 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 whoa! We're talking about our favorites. I said what I said. <laughs> Go ahead. Speak about Nas. I, I, I or think, Nas. I, I think you know appropriately enough to go back to Dizzy Gillespie plays the sax. I think uh, Nas is Miles Davis to rock him like Miles Davis is to Dizzy Gillespie. Mm. Like you can't have one without the other, but you know one transcended the other because of the foundation. So I think he took Rakim's foundation to the next level. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I won't argue that. So I'm a Nas man. Okay. Well, I'm, he's another one who he just doesn't impress me when he performs. He's not a performer to me. I like he's people. not the best performer. I like see I like guys yeah. who who perform on the mic and then when I go to the show they they're performing they on stage you a as show. well. Like Hev gave you a, uh, a show on stage. Big Daddy Kane gave oh, you. A I, show I was just on about stage. to say Kane of, of of that like lyric that lyrically dense camp. Kane is the one. Yes. absolutely. Now Kane gives a show. Day. Oh yeah. Oh day. yeah. Yeah. Kane still gets like he's the only one that's got me thinking about going to this hip hop nostalgia show. Yeah, it's about to happen in a couple of weeks. Now that's a show right there. Yeah. Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Kane, Kane. Kane is rough. And, and Nas, look Nas. You know, whatever. Mr. Nasir Jones. That guy? Yeah. He's good. He's very good. Mm -hmm. Probably top 10. Uh huh. He's not the best of all time. All time. Not the best. Who better than Nas? Black Thought. Woo! Black Thought will eat Nas up and don't let them both step on stage because Black Thought will crush him on stage. Lyrically, I think Nas. He will get lost in the beard. But see, that's what I mean. I think a lot of times, black all thought juice density dripping all his what the density of his lyrics. Uh, Sometimes it's dense, almost for density's sake. Like I think Nas is actually more poetic. Yeah. Again, it's the Rakim school. Nas is poetic. Mister, Nas is more poetic. Mr. We're going to Africa. Hey, hey, we ain't talking about acting. <laughs> I ain't talking about Nazis. We're going acting. to Africa. You know, T, we've been everywhere. We've been to the islands. And then he was finished. <laughs> but we ain't been to Africa. But we ain't been to Africa. But that's a whole different podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look for the belly episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, in your speakers. Yeah, Black Thought. Would be, who's the greatest of all time, Toya? Of all time? Is not is Nas the greatest of Crim all time? Crim de la Crim. Is Nas or Rakim? No. 
Oh. Rakim is not the greatest of all time. That's fair. Because I think you can be the father of something, you can be the godfather of something, right, right, you can be right. the architect of something, but not necessarily be the best. No, that's fair. Of all time. I, I wouldn't say Rakim is, I didn't say Rakim is better than, than not. Right, 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 right. I honestly don't know if I could, if I have enough time to really think about it, because there's so many different factors. If you say best, are you saying best MC, best lyricist, best right. flow, right. longevity, relevancy, um, you take all impact. those factors, you put it together, and you come up with the best. Black you thought. You could come up with LL if you think about it. No, because I think th- LL is a good argument. I think LL's I've, a heard, good I've argument. heard people make the no. LL argument. No, no, because no, L gets L loses immediately because the first thing you do when you come up with uh, best rapper, the first place you you go is lyrics, and L loses on lyrics against almost anyone else that you're going to that's in the argument. I'm not knocking L, mm-hmm. but he loses in lyrics against almost everybody else. The three that we've just named eat him up in lyrics. Nas, Rakim, and Thought. They mm-hmm. eat him up in lyrics. Kane eats him up in lyrics. Um, but who has eaten up LL in hits? Okay, but the first place you're going is he's so far. Right. Like His lyrics would be like a negative so that whatever else... You know, mm-hmm. it's, he, he's got a... And I'm not, I'm not saying that if you have hits, that makes you automatically great. I mean, no, no, no. Hits, hits has to be part of it. But, but if we're know. talking classics, if we're talking songs that you can put on right now and get the party going, if we're talking about those, that kind of longevity... I was okay. about to say longevity even then more than you hits. have to... The L for L- longevity. L is way up there. L, L for longevity. And you he's battle just go sim- If you just want to go simple hits, you can go simple hits. However, I don't think... I think L's... Classics, like the ones that his definable classic cuts, mm-hmm. I'll put him up against Rock M. I think Rock M probably has as many classic cuts as L. I'm not saying the hits. Yeah, I don't but have classic time cuts. To even think about that yeah, because right almost every on almost every Rock M track that you know and love is a classic. Right. You can't say that about L. You know what right. I'm saying? But, you know, the one knock against Rakim is every Rakim classic track that you know comes from paid in full. That's not true. And then it's the one, you know, it's like Mahogany. And, and I was about to say, <laughs> and it's no delay. So it's like, it's it's That's the entire true. paid in full album. It's Mahogany. It's no to ledge. That's not true. I'm saying that's that is one of false. It's it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> what haven't I named of the classic rock M hits? The um, what's it begins with an M? Um, uh, what move the crowd? Microphone theme. Yes, microphone theme. That's not on paid in full. No. Okay, it's not. All right. Thank you. I mean, I'm not opening my phone and looking. So I'm pretty sure it is, but it's not on microphone. I don't believe that's on paid info. Okay, it's not. it's not. What is the microphone feed on? It's on his next album. It's on uh, which my face? What's the name of the album? The album he has on is this uh, with, 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 the, with, with, the, with the Gucci, Gucci joint. With the Gucci, Gucci yeah. joint. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know Microphone Fiend was on there. Yes, there's a, there's a couple other tracks on there that yeah, are like it is. classic. It's, I mean, it's a good album. Now. You're looking at it now, ain't you? I'm opening it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it. Yeah. Read the track. Read the track list off of that. Because I don't have that on my phone. Yeah, you need to get that on your phone. Yeah. You're not living right. Oh, Follow the Leader. That's it. That was yeah, the follow one. The follow the Leader. Follow the Leader, yeah. Classic. Classic. Yes. What? He's so proud. Yeah. Follow the Leader is, is good, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the song. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
I need to go listen to uh, Microphone Fiend. I told you. I always man. go to uh, Paid in Full. Please. Paid in Full is not. Paid in Full is no. I mean, it's good, but I mean, yeah, but no. All this on. It's hard to say. I'll come back to you on that one. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Lyrics of Fury is on there. I mean, that's it, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, his follow the leader, microphone, fiend, lyrics of Fury, and then you're done. Okay. But still. Then you're done with, with follow the leader. Classic all right. cuts. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Classic cuts. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. L maybe got four classics. I mean. No. Oh, no. For L's got four classics. Oh, that's not even factual. His classics are. Be. All right. Rock the Bells. Rock the Bells. I Need Love. Jingling Baby. Jingling Baby. Going Back to Cali. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Okay, Mama spot. Said Knock You Out. Six. Mama Said Knock You Out. Um, Around the Way Girl. Around, Around the Way Girl. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, look. Once you hey, once you let I Need Love in there, that opens the door for a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm bad. I'm bad. We're at eight. Yeah. Okay, that's eight. That's eight. What's that's, eight? And that's eight in like... I was about to say, that's, that's off the top of your head. That's off the top of my head. That's eight. I mean, come on. That's eight. So he's got eight. It's like three more than Rakim. No, it's not. <laughs> I really eight. don't like this episode. Yeah. All right. All right. Maybe we should talk about the movie then. Yes. Yes, let's move over. Let's move on. Let's get out of this crap. <laughs> what are we here for? Um, after Toya leaves, we're going to redo the opening to the show. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we all know the truth, though. As long as we know the truth, that's all that matters. All this garbage. Um, let's get into house party. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. trouble in school today, I'm definitely going to be on punishment. Ah! Uh, there's a party tonight at Peter's house. Can I go? You're not going nowhere. Every little step you take will be around this bedroom tonight. Did you hear anything about a party tonight? Uh-uh. At least not any good ones. Hello, Tawatha. Do I feel like being bothered with Tawatha? Hello, LaDonna. Baby, looking real good. Step off. Scandalous. King it pop. What you got to say now, punk? How much more trouble can I get into? Hey, eraserhead. In prison. Just do me a favor. Don't pick up the soap. Wait that fire. I'm gonna kill him. Yo, y'all look who fell into the gate. Hey, this ain't soul train. The two finest women in here. Now, how could a man choose? He better choose right. Okay, so where we're on our way to? The house party. What? The house party. Jay ain't going to that damn party. That's all to it. I don't give a damn what you say. You're making me a social misfit. House Party, a 1990 American comedy film released by New Line Cinema that stars 
Kid and Play of the popular hip-hop duo Kid and Play, and also stars Paul Anthony, Bowlegged Lou, and B-Fine, better known as Full Force, with Robin Harris, the comedian Robin Harris, who unfortunately died nine days after this film was released. It also features Martin Lawrence, Tisha Campbell, A.J. Johnson, mm. Daryl Chill Mitchell, as well as Kelly Joe Mincher, and... John Witherspoon. This film, which on the low is not only a prequel to Boomerang, is also a historic film for one other reason that we will talk about uh, soon in our review. This film was written and directed by Reginald Hutland, produced by his brother Warrington Hutland, and was brought to the Me Show mission by our very special guest, Toya Haynes. Toya. Hey. <laughs> um, what say you of House Party? I remember being so excited about House Party because this was around the time where I really wanted to see more representation. I grew up, you know, pretty much an 80s kid. So I grew up on like, you know, growing pains and silver spoons and all that kind of stuff. So I remember seeing characters like Theo Huxtable was very important to me. Yes. You know, seeing characters that weren't, you know, adopted kids of a white family, you know, seeing kids that um, and I grew up pretty middle class. So it was difficult for, you know, to watch TV and not see representation. So what I liked about House Party is that I felt like, oh, my gosh, this is so this is my John Hughes movie. Even though I love John Hughes movies, I love them anyway, but there really wasn't any movie to me that felt like this represents what I love about black culture and hip hop and being a teenager and loving to go out and dance at parties and all these kinds of things. I was like, finally, we have something like this. And so that I was really excited for House Party when it came out and still am. I mean, I watched it, you know, when I watched it the other day and I was like, this is exactly why, to me, it still stands up because we needed more teenage rom-com movies with black teenagers. How does it hold up having watched it again today? This I week? still love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still love it, and I definitely, as you, you're touching on what you mentioned, I I noticed things before that I did not notice while I was watching it. You know, the police harassment, mm-hmm. you know, hit me in a way yeah. that did not. Knowing what I know now, it definitely did not hit that way when I was, I think I saw it when I was maybe like a sophomore in high school. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, no, I was a junior. I was a junior. So it just, that definitely bothered me. Because before it was like, ha, 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 kind of funny. Now, when you watch it and you understand that, no, we don't have to call it in. Yeah. You know, that scene. About that, yeah. Yeah. You know, and like police brutality and how it was prevalent. It was a theme throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand why this did not bother me before. To me, I could think the police in the movie before they were just villains. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like, no, that's like the police. That's actual police brutality. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really, that really stood out to me too. Cause I didn't mm-hmm. remember that part of the movie. Right. I, I vaguely remember them pulling over Robin Harris and, Remember that as basically because I had seen Robin Harris' comedy special not long before. 
So I just realized, oh, so this is a, an opportunity for him to go into a part of his comedy act. Yes. So I was like, all right, that makes sense. But I didn't remember how prevalent it was throughout the movie. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, ooh. Ooh, this is rough. Yeah, it's rough. Even after the credits. The police come, ap- come back oh, after the credits. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Vince, where stand you on House Party? I mean, just, you know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about the police in this film. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say this. This is where I was. I, it didn't bother, not bother me. It didn't affect me as much when it came out. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, obviously we were younger when it came out. Mm-hmm. It was just so matter of fact. Like, like. I literally was getting harassed by the police all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, we were in College Park and the PG County police mm-hmm. are infamous. So, like, there's there's a scene in there where kid has been chased by full force and the police come and they have them sitting on the curb. Yes. Oh, God. I've, I've been on many a curb yeah. for no reason. But, you know, it's just the police. You know, if I'm with my friends, you're four black guys in a car. So you're sitting mm-hmm. on the curb while they're going through the car and they're asking you, do you really go to this school and this, that, and the other? But besides that, mm-hmm. I love this film. I, I do. You know, we can talk about quality. We can talk about this, that, and the other. But I think this is one of the warmest black films I've ever seen. Like, yes. it feels like a brownie almost. Like a brownie Sunday. Like, it's so warm and and... And it's so loving, you know, like you can tell that um, Reggie Hutland loves these people. He loves this community. He loves this culture. Right. And it just comes through with all of the little details. We, uh, you know, we're coming off of of If Beale Street Could Talk. And, you, you know, if you listen to it, like one thing that, that we were really impressed by was the depiction of black fatherhood. Yeah, and if Bill Street could talk, yes. and I forget how effortlessly this film positions Robin Harris mm-hmm. as a good father. Yep. Yes, and yep. and you know Robin Harris is a comedian. That is what he was, but the love that he has for his son in this film just permeates his performance. Right, and you know from the beginning where he tells you know get up and come and eat this shit, but. He's just gotten off of work. Mm-hmm. He made breakfast for his son. A full, a, a full, full course, breakfast. full breakfast. course meal before he collapses because he's exhausted. And then there are moments throughout the film where I kept writing, "This is a good dad." Yeah. yeah. So you know, I love that. Um, you know, and that's what just to cut you off a little bit. That's what made him passing after this film was released that much more heartbreaking mm-hmm. in the community because you you saw him in like bit parts in a couple of movies before that and mm-hmm. a couple of Spike Lee joints and everything like that. But then seeing him here, for the most part, riffing, but still being, uh, like you said, a, a not only a good father, but just a very natural actor right. coming out, yeah. just immediately having chemistry with, with Kid in their scenes together. Um, made his loss that much more significant because you're like, oh man, this is. I mean, like you saw a star being born, right? Yeah, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Kid and play. I don't know if they're the best actors, but they have great camaraderie with each other. 
I love, you know, Tisha Campbell. We are fans of Tisha Campbell. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, AJ Johnson. AJ mm. Who still looks like that? Oh my God. Hey, looks better. <laughs> Who love, looks better? She looks better. Oh Lord, I love me some AJ Johnson. <laughs> uh, you know, Martin Lawrence, like something, you know, to, to reference what you just said. This is a film about teenagers that they reminded me of me. Yes. Like these were, this was us. Yes. So, you, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of this film. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of this film. Yeah, it's hard not to be a fan yeah. of the film. I mean, like, it's a time capsule of a moment in time. You know what I mean? This is why I thought it was, like, from the early 80s, because it reminded me so much of my high school years. You right, know what I mean? Right, but I right. think this was after my high school years, you know, giving away <laughs> my age a little bit. But um, it it really is just, just a fun movie, you know? Uh, and you you brought up, Martin Lawrence, Tisha Campbell, A.J. Johnson, um, you know, Daryl, Daryl Chill Mitchell. Yeah. Because, yeah. unfortunately, who for many people, don't remember when he was, you know, um, walking. Yeah, it before wasn't he was paralyzed. Not before long he paralyzed. after yeah. he had the car accident. Um, just say they all just came across that they were all like in the theater with me watching the movie, you know, like it, that character type was there. Right. You know what I mean? And there was no shame thrown out there that AJ, you, if you, if they didn't pay lip service to it and you didn't go to her home, you would never know that, um, Shireen, AJ's character lived in the projects. Mm-hmm. You would never know that her and her girlfriend, Sydney, Tisha Campbell's friend, uh, uh, character, weren't on the same economic level because right. she, she lived like in a big, right. you know, like like big, big Her house. dad owned grocery store. Right. Yeah, you know, they had a rec day. room downstairs, yeah. you right. know what I mean? So you, you would never know that, you right. know, just because they were just kids that went to the school that just got along, you know what I mean? Um, full force just playing the comic villains. I mean, yes, even in 1990, it hit me like... Was the oldest looking high yes, school? Like, they played those dudes that stayed in high school like way too 35 long. Thirty-five years old. I don't know if y'all had those kids in your high school, but there was always like a couple dudes with like strong mustaches. Right. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like strong mustaches. Right, you right. didn't realize how much older than you they were until right. maybe after you graduated. And, and it was like, you know, you shouldn't have been 19 in 10th like, grade. Right. You should have been somewhere working. Right. <laughs> Your mustache is too strong. Yeah. That, that's not just coming in. Yeah. It's yeah. a strong mustache. Yeah. One thing, and you brought it up real quick, the way they treated Shireen because she lived in the project, where they have that moment where Play says, you can't be with a project girl. Mm. And, you know, you assume that it's going the, it, it's going in a certain direction right. about stereotypes, about, you know, poor black people, this and the other. And he basically breaks it down in amazingly pragmatic terms. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you can't be with somebody who lives in the project because there are a lot of people in there and you're not going to be able to be alone with There's her. There's someone always And home you can't bring family. somebody to your house because of how your father was. It was so refreshingly teenager. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the teenage mindset. The, the, it was such a teenage line of logic. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. What are the logistics of being alone with you when we're in high school? Right. And I said, that's that's it right there. You know, like you said, nobody cares. Yeah, that was a, yeah. that was a good moment in in the film. There's a lot of good moments in the film. Like you said, it's it's like I think 
the analogy you use of a brownie yeah. is very apt for me because it was very much like a brownie. It's, it's like warm and toasty and it feels good going down. You know what I mean? But then you get to the back of it and there's a little piece of it that's burnt and it don't taste quite What right. is the burnt piece in House Party? I can't stand play. What? Play As took the play, character play or took his lunch money or something in nineteen eighty. The this, character or the well, oh, actor rapper. That's person. his one. Play is his one. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. I I can't. I, okay, speaking specifically about this film, mm-hmm. I don't like his character in the movie. But I honestly don't think I'm supposed to like his character in this. Oh in no. This movie, okay. Right. No. He's supposed to be a little bit of a jerk. Of a dog. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. so and they so they cast it right. Mm-hmm. So, he played right, it well. Because he played it well. He's a jerk, right? Right. However, there are moments in the film when he is supposed to be, like, to Vince's point, showing camaraderie with Kit, showing mm-hmm. camaraderie with Martin Lawrence. And there are moments in the film where he's actually supposed to be, supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. He is not. He does not have a camaraderie with kid except when they're dancing because they are dance partners right Right. so naturally he's going to have camaraderie with with him there i don't feel that he has real any camaraderie with him acting wise i because i don't feel like he has he's a good actor i feel that he the only time he shows any true camaraderie is when he is with martin lawrence but that's because martin lawrence is a good actor so Mm -hmm. therefore can make it seem like, yeah, we're friends. Because Martin Lawrence does that with Kid. He does that, and Martin Lawrence has that camaraderie with basically anybody that he was in the scene with. You know, that was another star on the rise. You can see the star being being risen right there. And within two years from this, he gets his own TV right, show. Right, right. Right. So proof is proof is in the pudding. But with play, it's not there. I just I even in nineteen ninety, when I was in the prime demographic to be in awe of what Kid and Play is, and mm-hmm. was a Kid and Play fan to a point, there was something about Play that just did not hit me right. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a good lyricist, and that's why Kid eats him up. Um, well, I think Herbie Lovebook wrote all of it, so well he knew which one was delivering right. the good rhymes, right. and he gave them to Kid. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so he got. Eight of them, they dance relatively well together. But if you really take a look at their dancing, Kid is dancing and Play is keeping up. Um, really? Do you think Kid is a better actor than Play? Well, that damn with faint praise. I don't think neither of them are great actors, but I think Kid has more more charisma that comes off. Wow. But I think okay. I think that what I like so much about House Party is that the dialogue is very natural. Right. So True. to me, it's like you were talking to any of your friends in high school. So to me, I never really thought about them as acting. I just thought that the dialogue was very natural. As far as play, not having camaraderie with anyone, I think that was his character. If you look in House Party 2, it was always about play. <laughs> Everything was about play. Yes. I you love know, the fact that we are now pulling in the House Party no, but I- mythology. <laughs> And, and we don't talk about three because that never happened. But House Party 2. How did three not happen? Didn't happen. It's not important. Um, I'm just, it made over $20 one, million. House Party 3 <laughs> was awful. As much as, I, as much as I love House Party, that's how much I hate House Party 3. But kid got married and he had it that doesn't matter. sweet scene. It doesn't matter. That was the worst thing Sydney. ever. With Sydney. It was like they had gone full circle. No, no that, that movie was trash. But 
in House Party 2. Oh my goodness. I love the passion. <laughs> but House Party 2, you still saw it was still all about play. What True. What you did with kids, scholarship money, mm-hmm. you know, college mm-hmm. money and everything. Yeah. So I think that might just be... He really did not. It was always just about plays play. a toxic friend. Play is actually a toxic friend. He was a toxic friend until it was time. It was like, okay, well, we got to go bail him out. We got to go bail our boy out because that's the code. So, so now I'm curious. So the fourth house party movie where there was Kid, a fourth, yeah, where Kid and Play have a cameo. Does yeah, that no, count in the continuity? No, you know? Absolutely not. Okay, because yeah, that's, that's the one that. with B2K. Yes, and they're no, no. Was that straight to video? Yes. Or, or is the cameo that. in the fifth film? The cameo's in the fifth what? film. The cameo's in the fifth in, film. They're not right, in, they're not in the fourth there's film. There's a fifth film? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, so you got to get up on your house party. I was I'm about to say, I, I thought was, you I was, down was, with house party. I wasn't interested after the third. When, right. Once they burned the me, box set. once they burned <laughs> me with the third, anything else that came out after that was, it didn't even happen. They ruined the trilogy. Yeah, I ruined it. That's, I your, the that's two. your Godfather 3. Ap- yep. That's your Star Wars prequels. There you go. Just never happened. Did not happen. Does not exist. I think play is better than kid, and like you. Are said, you kidding me? I, I no, a better actor. Are you kidding me? I'm not because oh. I think kid is actually distracting. Oh. sometimes. I mean, yeah. See, he, he, it sometimes because neither of them are great. And in his defense, he's asked to do more than play. He is. Yeah, because yeah, he has to, to play goofy. Him. Right. He really has to play goofy. And he gets the real love story, mm-hmm. and, and you know he has the backstory with his father and all. But That's because he has more charisma. And he he is not play is not a better act, actor. Than I think they're on par. I think they're really Let's I think now. I'm not going to argue, but so much about who's the better actor <laughs> between kid and play. Yes, we're not arguing Denzel Washington versus right. You know uh, Morgan uh, Freeman, Morgan Freeman, or Don Cheadle here. But right. <laughs> okay, go ahead, continue. I like the little touches. Like I said, I like the um I like the fact that it was actually a house party. I love the logistics mm-hmm. of putting together a party. You know, again back to what we said about or at least you know, it felt like a teenage party. Yes. And you know, I I love the you, you know, getting the the DJ Mm-hmm. And setting up the DJ equipment, mm-hmm. I love the talk about know. old school, man. I know because you had to bring not only the music, you had to bring the speakers too, yeah, right. to, and 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 that was all something. the crates, all the crates, mm-hmm. yeah. all the crates, and, yeah. and and setting it up. You know, I love stop bumping the table, stop bumping the table. <laughs> I love the one drunk kid. It was always one you know person there was. who got overly drunk, and I like that they didn't glorify alcoholism where they didn't glorify um, underage drinking. Right. I say that now as an adult. I didn't think about it when I was watching it as a teenager. Well, I will, you know, I, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but like we, you know, me and my wife, you know, suburban kids, but we talked mm-hmm. about like you would go to white parties and the party orbited around the liquor. Yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. Know, oh, we got yeah. a keg. Yeah. You know, we, you know, somebody's parents were out of town mm-hmm. and we got a half keg. We got a keg. And it was a keg, and that was the center of the party. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the black parties we went to, it really was the dancing. It was the, the dancing and the music. And, you know, one of my favorite shots in this film was that first shot of the actual party. 
and everybody's hands are in yes. the air and it's like you, you know it's it's syncopated because everybody's dancing on beat mm-hmm. and it looks like a party and i love and i will say this about kid the way kid slides in yes high five and everybody and, yes. and starts dancing was beautiful because that's what you did like mm-hmm. you got to the party you saw people you high five and it wasn't a matter of and now i shall begin to dance right you just started you, you just sort of you were absorbed into it you know what made that even more spectacular is that they filmed all of the dance sequences without music i did not know what? they put the music in afterwards and because we are black we have rhythm <laughs> They could, they could just everyone it. just just sing. Oh, I'm moving. Where are you going? Okay, okay. And then they just put the music in, and boom. That is the craziest That's thing crazy. I've ever heard. Because right. it seems so. Yeah, it's like right in. It seems in like the it's pocket. Right, right, in the pocket. right, right. Especially with AJ Johnson and play dancing together. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that seems right in pocket. Yeah. See, but see, but that's what black. That's what black performers and creatives will bring bring to Hollywood. No, this is how you do it. You have them dance on rhythm, mm-hmm. and then you just put the music, and you time the music. You, and you time the mm-hmm. music, and you can actually you do it, it that way. You know what I mean? Can I talk about how radical A.J. Johnson's character was in 2018? You, I love you know, Shireen. Okay, first of all, yes, I do want to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, listen, I talk about Shireen all day. I'll Let's start with talking about A.J. Johnson. Okay. Mm. But having said that, I do think that through 2018 eyes, seeing a black film where you have two women, one is darker than the other one, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the darker skinned black woman is the one who is the most desirable for the vast majority of the film, Mm -hmm. where both kid and play are attracted to her. Um, And a number of other people in the movie. I love the fact that she's not overly sexualized. Right. You, you know, like both of them try and kiss her and she kind of put he, she pushes them away. You know, going back to what we just said earlier about, you know, she lives in the projects, mm-hmm. which they, you know, they they zig when you think they're going to zag or they yeah. zag when you think they're going to zig where, you know, these stereotypes. Yeah. And, right. and they just lean on no just the logistics. But she has a family. Mm-hmm. She is is in a very stable household. And there's no sentiment that she is more worldly right. than Sydney, right. who is lighter, who comes from an upper middle class background. And I just really appreciated that when I watched it this afternoon because we talk about it again. I mean, we've talked about it with Tisha Campbell, frankly. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, not it's not Tisha Campbell's fault that she looks the way that she looks. And when she's in the movie, oftentimes they pair her with somebody who is browner than she is. Mm. But I think this might be one of the more complicated depictions of color when we talk about women mm-hmm. and desirability that we've seen since we started this. So I just wanted to say that. And AJ, I mean, if you didn't say A.J. Johnson was the, wasn't the finest thing in there, I'd, I'd have just turned the movie off. Because it's like, what do you mean? Like, why are we not talking about A.J. Johnson? That, that hit... With you too, do you take note of that as well, Toya? I really, I I just mean, I love Shereen in in Sydney, and I love, I definitely agree with what you say about that. And I love that she 
she was still very much my body, my choice. Would you know what I mean? I love that so much. And like yes. even though Sydney would have been seen as maybe seen as maybe she's the good girl. Mm-hmm. Right. And she still was. Yes. But it's like Shereen's like, no, my body, my choice. I'm gonna walk in here looking like this, and I'm gonna dance like this, and I'm gonna be this fine. And then I'm gonna go home by myself. Yes. And I'm not gonna kiss you goodnight, and I might see you next week. Yeah. You know, and whereas I think we're living in a society where we were even mm-hmm. around that time of just what you said about the stereotypes, she would have been seen as fast. Right. I was about to say, that's you know, what I was going to say. Yeah. Right. She would have been seen but, as fast. And she was just like, it doesn't matter what I seem like. I still make my own choices. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really like that about her character. I did too. I, I, I was thinking about that as well. Like, you know, it, um, she was, I liked the part that she wouldn't let give him a kiss. Right. You know, like it, but also don't beg. You right, I, I I love that. I love that. And the other th- thing I did love about this movie, and I will, and I will say that this played on the guy's side as well as with the women, but it, it stood out to me with mm-hmm. the women, is that the the authenticity of their friendship showed through how honest they were with one another. Yes, yeah, that's what I really appreciated. Yes. Like there was no hiding of secrets or anything mm-hmm. like that. The second. The, the the very second Sydney sees Shireen again after being walked home by Kid, mm-hmm. the first thing she can think of is like, I need to tell you something. Right. And right. they just quickly have a little conversation in between themselves, you know, and there's an understanding of where each other is with it and like, hey, you know, do you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. I mean, because that could have been just blown out for a whole nother B plot of the movie. Right. right. You know what I mean? There was... I think, to your point, yeah, and, and your point as well, Toya, the, the jerk that is play, there was an honesty to the portrayal of his place in the triangle of the friendship with Kid and Martin Lawrence character. Mm-hmm. Like they knew, all right, you're you're the jerk off. Yeah, right. and they the and jerk. they called him out on it too. Right, they right. actually had that accountability of mm-hmm. you're a dog. Yeah, you're a dog. And he actually said that to him. He was like, and then they, you know, as guys do, they squash it. Right. Oh, yeah. But they checked him on it. Yeah. He was like, no, we did not have a condom. No, that did not go down. That's not what happened. And then play saying, well, that's her problem. Right. And the fact that they didn't let it go right yeah. away. Right. That's where you know, the honesty and the friendship that you're talking right. about. Right. And again, they've set up throughout the film that that's the type of person play is mm-hmm. who is not someone you should emulate. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. They were not honest with Bilal, Martin Lawrence's character, about how much how much his breath stank. <laughs> right. They were that was where the honesty stopped. No, that's true. except for except for Shireen. Right. Shireen Love was like, you know what, enough of this. Your breath stank. Yes. Yes. Well they you know, you're you're bored. You know? Right, you know. Mm. Plus, the he's friendship a DJ. only went he's so far. He's a DJ, so you have to, like, you have to be careful. Yeah, you have to, because that, <laughs> that was real talk. Yeah, you had to be real careful with the DJ. Yeah, like the guy whose parents actually bought him some turntables, and he had a couple of crates of records. A few, quite a few. You had to be very careful with him. Because mind you, he was the party. He there was, was no, party. He there was, was the no food at the party. He, there was no. nothing to drink at the well, party. Well, again, we ain't this there ain't for no the, soup kitchen. We ain't there for the keg. <laughs> We are not there Mama for the Mama should have said you before you That's came right. here. Oh, my gosh. That line cracks me up. Now, you mentioned something that, that we shouldn't lose. You said this is a prequel. 
to Boomerang. I, I mentioned so? that because yep. if you will note it, that's note right. John Witherspoon's character who lives next door. Yes. The woman that he is married to yes. in there also plays with John Witherspoon, mm-hmm. the parents of in Boomerang. Mm-hmm. And who directed Boomerang? Reggie Hutton. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know if that's canon, but certainly. No, it's not canon. In my head. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, they have a son who. Right. It's not canon because David they have Alan a different Greer, name. Who yeah. would, would have been too corny to go to the party? Well, and No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Probably well, not. Too young? But, but, uh, probably too old. Like, he was an adult. I mean, Boomerang comes out in 19 mm. what? Too late. Let's, let's check it out. Boomerang. It's like 1992, 93. I was still in high school, so... uh, Boomerang, the movie, came out in 1992. Right. Okay. So David Allen Greer was a grown man. Yeah. So he was somewhere working <laughs> with that cool... I, I used to like his coat, like that that stadium coat, like that Paddington coat he had. Mm. Where he had like the green Paddington uh, coat. I remember that. Yeah. Did y'all notice? I did not know. I love cameos and like just saying things that like noticing things you didn't notice before. Uh-huh. Did you notice that that was Clifton Powell at Shireen's house? Oh. Oh. We, oh. In the doorway? Yeah, in the door. At her brother. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that until yes, I watched yeah. it. I, I didn't remember until watching it again. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's Clifton Powell." Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at him, and and just being Clifton Powell, just being, Clifton just Powell. being Clifton Powell on a landline, right <laughs> in the doorway. You had the Hey Love commercial. Oh my oh, god! You know, I thought of you. Vince. Yeah, I was about to say. You know, I thought of you when I saw it that. Has our man in it. Oh god, what's his name? Um, uh, from Five Heartbeats. Yes, five, 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 five heartbeats. Yeah. Five heartbeats, and she's got to have it. Yes. Is, oh my God, I can't believe I can't think of his name. Vince, you usually have I name He know. looks like a Melvin, but his name's not Melvin. No, but he looks Melvin. like a Melvin. No, it's not. It's not Melvin. Um, because uh-huh. now I just will call him Flash from the Five Heartbeats. Exactly. I know. He, uh, now, now, uh, oh, this is another edit point for the for the for the John. Uh, he he is. John Canada Terrell. John Canada Terrell. No, no, my brother. You got to get your own. Yeah. That commercial was really a thing. It was was really. It's so black. This movie is so black with the touches like that. Like the fact that they played that commercial again and again, enough that it was a joke to the audience. Yeah, it the, is black because the fact that plays parents, because like you said, it's a teenage movie, teenage movies. Parents are always out of town. Right. But I love the touch that his parents are down south. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. you know, how many of our parents were going out of town like that? But you say, oh, your parents went down south. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. Well, they're gone for, you know, somebody died or, you know, something happened. You had to go and see Big Mama. So your parents are out of town. And they were a community because even uh, Robin Harris's I love character that. mentioned that. I love, I love that he knows his parents. Yeah, he was That's like, right. I know that they're out of town. That's right. They he, work at night like I do. Yeah. In fact, they're out of town. Wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he does, he does mention that. I forget that. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. You were about to say. Oh, I was going to say also, um, 
and this is actually part of Kid's true story, is that Kid's mother actually did die when he was younger. Yes. Yeah. And his mom was white. Yeah. So, like, you remember that part? He's walking down the street. Right, he's like, right, I right. never married that white Should've woman. should never married that white woman. <laughs> yeah. So even that was, like, part of his story. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good, oh, man, that was a good touch about, about this film. Um, and I was just about to touch on something else, and y'all just made me lose it. Oh, I hate, oh, when man says, like, when Shireen tells her little brother to make a Kool-Aid, <laughs> and he says, what flavor, grape or red? Grape. Red is a flavor. I do that to this day. Yeah. I want red. Yeah. And then he poured the whole bag Oh, so he was still pouring sugar. Yeah. Everybody knows people who made Kool-Aid like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you hate to admit it, but it did taste good. Yeah. When they put half the thing. And she was like, girl, that's good. It, it, t- it tastes like melted lifesavers. <laughs> it's like diabetes. <laughs> well, and, also, and also diabetes. <laughs> yeah. It's like diabetes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it tasted like. It was, oh, there was a... Oh, another reason why this film is historic, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. this may be the original post-credit sequence. Oh really? yeah, because I had forgotten that yeah. there was a post. Honestly, not only had I forgotten about the post-credit sequence in this film, well, it's actually like midway through the through the credits. I don't think I saw it. Mm. until this time mm. oh like, wow because it, it was like whoa 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 okay and it was like a callback to the beginning of the movie right and and it was the capper on the movie because those bad cops were so bad throughout so the bad. movie oh yeah that you had you you wanted them to at least get some type of comeuppance right right now, mind you, I think you only really wanted that if you're watching it through our eyes. Yeah, absolutely. If you were back then, you were like, hey, it was like you said, it was like it was comedy. It was right. like whatever. They're just villains. Yeah, they're just villains. But through our eyes, Reggie Hudlin knew, like, no, we got to give, right. they, they've got to meet right. their end. Well, you know, in my mind, the best scene with the police was when they went to the, the, you know the old people part where where um Sydney's parents were, oh. right? It where was, it was a, like it a, was fraternity like a fraternity party. party, but you know these are you know these are upper class with George Clinton as black the DJ people, and you know they're wearing tuxedos and all. But I thought he did such a great job capturing the tension mm-hmm. between these older, established, successful black people. Yes. And the police. Mm-hmm. And the police are saying, you know, don't you want to press charges? Don't and they're like, No, we're not gonna press charges. Mm-hmm. You know, these kids don't need to go to jail. And then the the police mock them by making them say, you know, I am somebody, right. which is of course mocking Jesse Jackson. But that tension between the police and this group of black people, I thought was really caught me this time. Because as you said, yeah. when you watch it. And you're in your, your teenager or you're in your early 20s. You're just like, oh, the police. And Reggie Hullin makes a point of saying, no, this isn't just about the police and young black people. This is the whole community right. that has this fraught relationship. So Yeah, and the, fra- mm-hmm. and the fraughtness is also so when they say they don't want to press charges. And they're being very adamant. No, we don't want to press charges. Right. right. But the 
the police officer goes back to his partner, and to him, that's code for they're scared to press charges. They're scared charge. to press charges. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a much subtler film it than is. I gave it credit for. You, 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 yeah. You I mean, know? don't get me wrong. It, it, it's not super subtle. No, no, is, no. But it has its touches oh, in there. I mean, like, the whole scene with uh, Reggie and Warrington Hutland playing the, the crooks right. that are running down the street. Right. Like, that plays a little bit too long. That's a little yeah. bit self-indulgent. You know, they yeah. gotta, they, they want to get their sad cards. All right, that's cool. I understand. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but other than that, other than that scene and play, um, I think the entire jail sequence could be cut out. It could be. Today it would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Today it would that be. That doesn't age well. Yeah, because well. it doesn't age no. well at It would not. I mean, my, my brother and I were actually watching it. We were talking about it and we were like, you could not. <laughs> play this would not play well <laughs> right. right now with the rock hudson references oh. and the hiv references and just well his everything. whole rap right his whole, the whole rap. Thing. yeah like prison rape as a joke yeah is not really uh-uh. funny no so yeah that yeah would, that wouldn't fly now that would that At would all. not fly the, the other part that we haven't talked about in this film only i think we only touched on a little bit is full force now, yes. Again, not the best actors in the world. Oh, my gosh. Of, of course not. However, I will, I will say that I think they got to make the movie. They were because, 25 in high school. Like, I can't. Because I find them to be utterly, utterly ridiculous and funny. Especially when, you know... The one guy stab who mm. is like for for absolutely the the most stupid of reasons becomes you know Lex Luthor to, to kid right. Although there is the passing comment where maybe he's attracted to kid. Well, oh yes, yeah, that whole comment right. commentary in, in the jeep. Yeah, right. they was like, mm. was like, yeah, man. Even when I'm with my lady, I just be thinking about him all the time. Well, you know, okay. Now that you mention that. It's like, are they trying to say he's attracted to In the jail scene when they're drawing straws or like they're about to draw straws and they're all looking at Kid, he's standing there looking at Kid with the rest of the prisoners. You ever (laughs) notice that? No, I know he is. Yeah. He's right off to the side because he's a little shorter than the rest of all of them. Yeah. And he's, he's, yeah. And they're all, so it was like, why is he standing there with the rest of them? And they definitely have rapey looks on their face, but he he has a look of love. He looks. He, he looks a little halo. Something. Okay. Yeah. Something. And I didn't notice that until this last time. And I was like, "Why is he standing there?" All okay. Of a sudden? Stab secretly being love in love with kid is now my favorite thing about this movie. <laughs> Congratulations, you two. It was AJ Johnson. <laughs> now it's Stab secretly being in love with kid because he was so. Ang- Why would he you want to burn so ang- a house down full of people? And his boy said Yeah, we were like, wait, what? what? Why have we gone this far? Like, burn the house down? For one person? No. Because the dude bumped into your milk. That's what's it's more. Did. No, it's, it's so much more than this. Well, it's so much I, more than I this. think the milk is, uh, is, you know, synonymous with something. I'm not going to say anything about that. I... I love this reading of House Party. <laughs> I think 
We have cracked the code. We have cracked a <laughs> house party. Maybe that's why he's still in high school. Mm. Maybe he's stalking kid. I mean, Ooh, he made it house party do? too. Yeah, I'm about to say they show up at house party too at the same college. Show and, they, and they were not enrolled in college. Right. They were the they were <laughs> security. <laughs> they did. Mm-hmm. So they're following kid. No. No. I think it's Stab is Stab following kid. Stab is following kid. Why would he not leave him alone? I love everything. It should have about, never been that serious. I love every single solitary thing about this. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Oh, we have cracked the code of house <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man. Mm. Okay. Wow. All right, well. So. <laughs> this is the content I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Also, one last moment that rang so true to me when I was a young man. When Kid is running out of Sydney's room when her parents come home, Comes home, they come home, and Sydney takes her clothes off real quick to put on her pajamas, and Kid stops for a second to look. <laughs> I said, "That's real, right there." Oh, well, yes, <laughs> because Tisha Campbell. Yeah, and it was like, "Damn, Tisha Campbell." Her abs were amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. She, oh, had, she had abs. Complete. <laughs> she had such a dancer. You saw body. that, right? I was going along with her because I already knew it. I'm on a real shaky ground right here. But that was quite I the will moment. Say that for us all. When Tisha Campbell, she had an amazing, very like dancer body. She's amazing. And kid took a moment and stopped and looked, and I said, "Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> legitimate right there." Let me also say now. It is well documented on the Michelle mission that my first and forever love will be Neil Law, of course. Yes. Absolutely. Always and forever. However, let me be the first to say right here that if I was to share an on-screen kiss with anyone, it would be Tisha Campbell. That was quite a kiss. I have never I have you know, I, I watched Tisha Campbell. I've watched her on Martin. I've seen her in almost every almost every one of her films. You're a fan of Tisha Campbell. I am Campbell. a big, mm-hmm. huge fan of Tisha Campbell. I think I think, you know, I've I've said it here. This is a woman that deserves to be like have her own TV show. Many yeah. talents. Her own comedy. But man, I just I I I, I love her. <laughs> I love her mouth. Mm-hmm. I love when she kisses. It's like a turn. It's, I'm sorry. I just said. I just said. Uh, allow me to be a man for a moment and just hey. say that I love her. I love hey, her. Let's be clear. The only reason it's believable that they wanted Shireen more than Sydney is because it's AJ Johnson. I don't know who else could have played that role, and then it would have been believable. It just so happened that they went and got AJ Johnson to play the role. Because Sydney, I mean, you know. 1990 Tisha Campbell was not a joke. Mm-hmm. 2019. I personally delight anytime black people kiss on screen. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just something. Mm-hmm. I am delighted anytime black love is depicted and black people are kissing on screen. Well, well you have I it love here. It. Yeah, well, you certainly have it and here. yeah that was do you have a moment thing. of black love on screen that kind of like rotates and you replays often in your head not that one that replays often but i mean i can i mean mine mm-hmm. is 
Lorenz Tate and Nia Long kissing in the rain from um uh um what's the name? Love of, Jones. Love Jones. I was gonna say Love Street. It's not. Well, my favorite movie is Boomerang. Okay. So, and I love Holly Berry's character, Angela. Marcus just... and Angela on the couch. No, Marcus Trek. and Angela at the end. Oh. <laughs> at the end. Which she tells him, if you turn your head, I'll break you. Well, no, not, not at the very end. But the when they finally, when they kiss at the end, when they're reunited at the end. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't breathe without you. And she's trying to be so strong. Right. right. And she's trying to be this person that she's really not. Right. And yeah, I like when Django murders everybody and then burns down the That's entire house. Not really a love, and scene. then it, it, and then he comes out with the horse. And I love the fact that Django has has murdered and there's fire and blood and death. But then Django also took the time to teach the horse how to do tricks because he knew that she'd like the horse doing tricks. <laughs> Like, I thought that was such a great little detail. Like, like Django has torn across the South and murdered everyone to get to his wife. Mm. But he also took time to train that horse, to do little horse tricks. That's um, Because Hildy, that, that would make Hildy happy. Yeah. It's the details. It's that little detail. Like, details. that's black love. That's, that is that's, black that, love. Like, that is actually... Some black shit right there. Like you murdered everyone, burned down everything, blew up everything. But apparently, you were taking a little time to train a horse to do some tricks, do little tricks for Hildy because she liked that. Oh, I wish we had a camera so you could see the tricks that <laughs> I was about to say. I'm imitating Django's horse <laughs> doing tricks because remember he did like the horse did the little leg tricks. Yes, yes. 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 The horse was doing the running man. So, I don't know what that says about me, that that's what I go to immediately for black love, but <laughs> I thought that was real. That was some real, real black mm. love right there. Like, fire and blood and death. Okay. But also, do little tricks. <laughs> do little tricks for you, because I know that... I know that that would bring you joy. He's so happy when he says that. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, I mean, it's like the little, the little, lady, the little, little Japanese things. lady on the, yes. on the ship. Like, yeah, that sparks joy. It sparks like, joy. Like, that would spark, that sparked joy in Hilda. Details. In Brunhilde. There you go. So, so hmm. Toya, we ask everyone that uh, brings a film to the Me Show mission. First of all, I think it goes without saying that this is a black film. Oh, all day. Would you recommend people see House Party? Yes. And I would recommend everyone see House Party because, like I said in the beginning, to me, as someone that's a fan of John Hughes films and Mm -hmm. teenage rom-coms growing up, it was very important for me to see this film. And so I would say, yes, it's a black film, but if you like those kind of films, then don't, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes some audiences tend tend to think... This is not a movie for me. Right. And it's like, no, you could, you probably could see yourself in this movie. Like Boomerang. Boomerang, to me, could have been made with just about any kind of cast. It's very black, Mm -hmm. but it could have been made with the cast of Friends. You know what I mean? Like, the storyline still is the same. So I feel like this is a movie that holds up the same and that anybody could watch. What about you, Vince? Absolutely. And, And I'll take you one step further. Not only 
is this for people who enjoy John Hughes films? Mm. But when you think about the classic John Hughes films, Pretty in Pink, mm. Sixteen Candles, The Breakfast Club, I think it actually ages better. Mm. Like some of the, you know, Sixteen Candles in particular is a little rapey. Yeah, that's not one of my favorites. Yeah, like when I you always watch, skip over that. Like when and you racist. Watch, and rate like yeah. yeah. So, you know, it actually ages very gracefully. Mm-hmm. You know, except for the prison scene, of course. But except I don't know how many scene. prison scenes have aged gracefully no, since the eighties. But I'm 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 very much a fan of this film and would recommend it. Yeah, I would recommend it as well. Yeah. I think people should check it out. Check out House Party. It's a fun movie. It's a laugh out loud. Um, I laugh out loud more than a few times in this film, but the end of the film, when you hear Robin Harris' character (laughs) whipping kid, (laughs) and he says, I'm going to beat you from now on. (laughs) I howled. (laughs) And I've heard that before in my own house, so... From now on, till I get tired. Till I get tired. (laughs) Till I get tired. Till I get tired. That was very accurate. Oh man! So that was yes. I would definitely recommend this film. I think. I think to your point, Vince, it is a film, despite some of its trappings and some of some of the dialogue and stuff, does age pretty well. Yeah, does age pretty well because it is a a tale as old as time. It's a house party. Mm. Now, 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 bonus question: Would you recommend House Party (sighs) Two? I would. Really? I would. I think in the wake of, I don't know, maybe grown-ish and different world and those kinds of things. If you're a kid going to college and maybe like, ugh, there's so. It's been a while since you've seen it, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell. You don't know. Mm, Not as much as House Party. I wouldn't say don't watch it. Like, I wouldn't be like, ah, you can miss this one, but. That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> I do. Okay. I love, I mean, you know, I'm a music person. So like, I love, I love the soundtrack to House Party 2 mm-hmm. so much. So I, for that reason, I'm like, well, you got to check out like musically. Music. It's so dope. And Ralph Tresman's in it. Ralph Tresman is in it. I and mean, some come silky on. pajamas. And some, oh, come on. And some silky pajamas. And some silky pajamas. Yeah. Ralph it's such Tresman a good... is not getting people to the party. You're I'm wrong sorry. about that. I, li- I like. I love me some Ralph Tresman. You're wrong about that. But everybody's going to be saying, "Where is Bobby? Bobby? Oh, where's BBD? I understand. Tony, 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 and some silky pajamas. That's true. Okay. It's Queen That's Latifah true. in some well silky pajamas and a and a hat and a hat is yeah. So. <laughs> Pajama jammy jam. Yeah. Um, no, you don't need to see House Party. Too. No, no pajama jam. I mean, if you if if you're okay, I'll say this: if you're a fan of House Party, you really, really, really like it, then you should see House Party too. See what happens and see with the, the characters. Right. The characters. Well, but and for then, that sake, for that you should sake, see you should also see. But House I was about Party to say, three. if you don't want it ruined for you, <laughs> don't see anything after two. That's what I would say. I would say if you don't want the memory. And how you feel about these characters ruined for you, then by no means you really have a lot of hatred see, for House Party I have 3. So it was time that I will never get back. That it's so much passion for House Party 3 and hatred. I think you actually want to be with House Party 3, much <laughs> like Stab wanted to be with Kid. That's what I think. It's not the same. That's now my reading of it. <laughs> no. You followed House Party 3 to college, didn't you? And worked for security. 
sometimes when I'm alone with <laughs> my man, I just start thinking about House, House Party 3. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that movie's so terrible. <laughs> just codes being cracked all over the place. <laughs> On the Michelle mission, ladies and gentlemen. Um, go check it out. Uh, check it out. It's it's out there streaming for your for your pleasure. Um, we can't say what's coming up next week because we may or may not have a guest. We don't know yet, <laughs> just yet, so we don't want to put it out. I mean, it's probably going to be a black movie, though, right? Chances are, like we're not going to like twenty thousand <laughs> leagues under the sea. Well, it depends on what the people bring, because you know sometimes guests come up with crazy films that they feel are black, films. like Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> oh wow. What was that one film that lady, the one person was going to bring? She wanted us to. Oh, she wanted us to see. Um, what was that Muppet movie? Um, <laughs> the Muppets Take Manhattan. No, no. no. Oh, Dark Crystal. Yeah. Right, right. We were going to do Dark Crystal. A, a fan was. A, a guest was going to. Wanted us to review Dark Crystal right, because right. she thought that that secretly was like the history of black people. No, we're not. No. Right. Well, <laughs> so it, it'll be a black film. Though. It will be a black. It'll film. be a black film. So you know, um, we'll let you know later on, on in this week what that will be. But until then, we invite you to join our Facebook group at Me Show Mission. Uh, email us any of your thoughts and concerns at Me Show Mission at Gmail dot com or like I said, join the Facebook group. Leave a. Uh, um, comment there leave a comment on the show which is available on itunes soundcloud google play stitcher radio and on tune in which for martin luther king uh day which is coming up just this coming monday yeah right? yeah yeah monday this, this mm-hmm. monday, monday after this is been this state right when this drops tune in will be featuring among other songs and podcasts, the Michelle Mission. The Michelle hey. is one of the prominent black podcasts yeah. on Martin Look Luther King Day. Cool. So, so check us out. Yes, on TuneIn and let them know that you're checking us out on. Yeah, TuneIn. please do. Yeah, let, it, let them know. Uh, the show is also available as a radio show in a very truncated form uh, uh, and edited on Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM. Philly Cam, People Power Media here in Philadelphia and New Jersey. And you can spend your Monday mornings with me show on at 9 a.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. All right, Toya. Hey. This has indeed been long overdue. Let me yes. put it that way. And as well as a pleasure. A pleasure oh, and thank a joy. you guys. I enjoyed it so much. Oh, good. I hope you have fun. And as yeah. a fan of your show, I am delighted. So oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having oh, me cool. on. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, that's, that's cool. Yeah. And and we promise, we don't care what the fans say, this won't be your only visit. I loved it. I don't care what the fans say. No one's going to want me back on. <laughs> we are missionaries one and all. Thank you. Yes. So you are you are going you will be invited back. Okay, for House Party Two. Well, it, it <laughs> if that's the movie you want to do, it'll be your we, choice. We talk about House Party Two. I don't know. I mean, I mean, mean eventually we have to do it. I um, mean, it is a black film. It is. A black I have film. a very I have a very naughty House Party Two story to to share when we do that. Oh, oh. yeah. 
I had to think of it had to go into my memory best. Oh, that was actually House Party Two. Okay, so I don't have to do it for now. But when we do House Party Two, okay, I've okay. got a tale to tell. All right. Thank you guys so much, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, uh, uh, and if people want to get in touch with you, they say, "Hey, I heard you on the Michelle Mission, and you're pretty freaking cool." Hey, I want to be in the Toya business. Uh, <laughs> I am at What's Good Toya everywhere: Instagram, Twitter, What's Good and Facebook. And they can hear you once a month on the radio on the scenario on the scenario radio show. Someone's mm-hmm. month. You can hear it on TuneIn. You can hear it on Radio Free Nashville and some other places in Austin and Rochester. And I think they just picked up another one too. So yeah, my Very monthly nice. segment called For the Culture. Ooh, all so, right. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. We may have to bring her in for a binge lounge. Get all cultural. Get all cultural. <laughs> That'll be cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's it. So um <laughs> He's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. Oh, and also we're on Pogglomerate. Deuces. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>